Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. All right, I think you would probably all agree with me. This past year has been one of the emotional times that we've ever experienced. That on some level, because of the pandemic and the way it has impacted us, impacted every single aspect of our life, that this last year has wreaked havoc upon our emotions. One of the emotions that I've experienced this last year, more than I've ever experienced, not even something I typically experience, but that's sadness. Man, I've been incredibly sad this last year. How about you? Have you experienced that as well? And there's different names we use for our sadness. We might say, we're down in the dumps. We might say, hey, I'm not feeling up to par, or I'm gloomy, or I'm full of sorrow. We might say, I'm just not feeling good. And we also use the word depressed. I'm depressed. These days, that word depressed has a lot of different connotations, and so it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But the reality is this, is that like all of our emotions, it is extremely complex, and it operates on a continuum. So on one end of the spectrum, if we say that we're, you know, we're depressed, we're really talking about uh, we're sorrowful, that we're incredibly sad. On the other end of the spectrum, when we say we're depressed, we're talking about, you know, uh, full-blown clinical depression. And between those ends of the spectrum, you have different factors involved that come together. You have spiritual factors. You have physical factors. You have biological factors. You have psychological factors and even social factors. What we're doing today is focusing primarily on the spiritual factors that relate to our sadness or to our non-clinical depression. Now, spiritual factors we know aren't the only contributors to if we're sad or if we're depressed, but they are an important part. See, God made us all body and spirit. So on this side of heaven, what inevitably happens to one impacts the other. For example... When I'm hungry, I am incredibly unspiritual. Is that true for anybody else here? Right, man? Like when I'm hungry, I am not patient. I am not kind. I'm rude. I'm irritable. And in one sense, that's a spiritual problem, right? There's nothing that would justify me being rude or unkind or unloving or or not being patient. But my rudeness or my impatience which is a soul problem, is exacerbated by my physical condition. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't be praying more about it and seeking God on it and seeking to be loving and kind and patient, but I should also probably eat something, right, in that moment or in that time. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that what I experience when I'm hungry is the same as what you or I experience when we're sad or sorrowful or depressed or that it can be fixed simply with having a meal. But the point is this, is that, is that there's a lot going on with any of our emotions, spiritually, physically, psychologically, and socially. Some of you, you're really struggling right now with depression that goes far beyond what we're talking about today. You're, you're really landing on this side of the continuum. And if you're suffering from any level of clinical depression, if that's you, man, I would encourage you to seek out help the help of a friend, a doctor, a clinician. And God wants to use those resources to really help you. But others of us, 
We're here today and what we're looking at today is something that God wants to use in our lives. So that sadness or non-clinical depression, that it doesn't have to take over, that it doesn't have to be in charge, that it doesn't have to be the boss of us. So that's the, the angle we're talking about today. Sadness and depression on this scale that we're talking about, where does it begin? Well, it often begins when we're discouraged. We get so discouraged about something, it begins to literally change the outlook we have on life. Maybe for you, you're like, man, I'm looking at my marriage and it just doesn't seem to get any better. And every time I look at it, it just causes me to be sad and, and depressed. Some of you, you uh, have had your sense of self shattered uh, maybe in this last season. I don't know what it may be. You might have been cut from a team, might have been fired, might have been let go. You might have been passed over for a promotion. And when you begin to dwell on that, you just, there's this sense of sorrow and sadness and depression that comes over you. Maybe somebody's hearing and someone broke up with you and, and the way they went about doing it and what they said to you, it is just torn you down and you can't seem to get over what they said. And so you're incredibly sad. For others, a loved one has passed away. And man, it's been hard for you and it's been lonely. And you've been sad and you've been depressed. Or maybe you're single and you don't want to be. Or you're single again. And you're just looking at your life and saying, man, this is not where I want to be. And so you're sad or sorrowful or depressed. And then there's others. You've messed up again on the same thing. The same thing over and over and over. And you've gotten to the point where you think to yourself, I will never have victory or success in this area of my life. And for some of you, that begins to be overwhelming. And there's this sadness that just settles in in your spirit. There's this sorrow, there's this depression that sets in. Whatever it is, for some of us, when we look to the future, we feel this suffocating darkness. And for some of us, we don't even want to get out of bed at times when this happens. That you're looking at your life and you're not liking what you're seeing now. And as you look into the future, there's nothing to get excited about for you. And this brings us to where we're going to look at in the scripture today, and that's Lamentations. And we're going to look at Lamentations chapter 3. Now, some of you are going, Lamentations, I've never heard of it. It's in the Old Testament, uh, right next to Jeremiah the prophet. In fact, uh, the book is written by Jeremiah the prophet. And, and, and let me kind of set up some context for you here. This is a book of laments. So he is writing poems, if you will, about how bad things are for him and for his people. Jeremiah lived specifically during a time when God's judgment was upon the people of Israel. You see, God had told them over and over and over, here's what I've called you to. And they continue to reject God. They continue to be disobedient to God. And God said, I'm going to bring my judgment upon you. And, and, and they continue to be patient with them. But eventually God said, okay, it's time to bring my judgment. And so Jeremiah witnessed the, the Babylonians coming in and, and killing many of the, the Jewish people and then taking most of them into, into slavery, into captivity back in Babylon. He witnessed multiple violent deportations of his people, family and friends from Jerusalem to Babylon. He watched as Solomon's temple. This is, you know, represented the presence of God among the people. It was the national pride, so to speak. It was their symbol of faith. He watched it being torn down. 
Jeremiah is now one of the few remaining survivors in Israel. Those who are left with all they've gone through, they assume, okay, it, this is it. We're, it's done. There's very few of us left. You know, it's all over. The worst is behind us. And God tells Jeremiah, no, the worst isn't behind you. It's still, the worst is still yet to come. And not only that, Jeremiah, I want you to deliver the bad news to everybody. Can you imagine being in that position where your job was to deliver terrible news? Well, that was Jeremiah. In fact, his message was so upsetting to the people. And you got to remember, many have been killed. Many have been, um, many have been killed and many have already been deported. And with all of that that has happened, Jeremiah delivers this new message that, hey, the worst is yet to come. The people are so frustrated by it and upset by his message that they lock him away in a cistern. In fact, Jeremiah chapter 38 says this, there was no water in the cistern, but there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom because the water had basically just dried up. And Jeremiah sank down into it. It's from this hellhole that Jeremiah writes these laments. And so what I want to do is I want to dive into that pit together with him and see what God has for us in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our depression, so that sorrow, uh, sadness doesn't have to be in charge of us. And so let's pick this up and we're going to read uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. And it says this, Jeremiah says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He's driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. You see, Jeremiah is feeling like there's no hope. There's no hope whatsoever. Overwhelming sadness and depression is upon him. And maybe you're here this morning and you're feeling the same way that you're overwhelmed with sadness. That as you look at your life, again, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And he goes on and he says, indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. And he, and he goes on and he just shares, he's, he's made my skin, he says, God has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He's besieged me, surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He's made me dwell in darkness like, like those long dead. He's walled me in so I can't escape. He's weighed me down with chains, right? It's, he's in this mud pit. And even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. Have you ever felt so sorrowful, so sad, so depressed because you don't feel like God's listening to you? You don't feel like God is hearing your prayers and you wonder, God, are you behind this? Or God, can you at least do something? Can't you step in God and help me in my season here? Now here's what's interesting. Even the most faithful and faith-filled Christians, Jesus followers, they've experienced times of sorrow and sadness and depression. Charles Spurgeon once told his congregation back then, which was pretty unheard of, a congregation of about 15,000 people. He said this, I have spent more days shut up in depression than probably anybody else here. Many have said Spurgeon is the greatest preacher to ever live. And yet he was somebody who frequently considered quitting the ministry because he was so depressed. Martin Luther went through times that were so dark that, that his wife would, would take the knives out of the house because she was so concerned that he was going to hurt himself. We've all had moments or seasons of sadness, sorrow, depression, 
And so when you've had those, or if you're in the midst of that right now, you need to know you're not the only one. The spiritual giants of the faith, they know what it's like as well to go through those times of incredible sadness. Jeremiah goes on in verse 9, he says, God has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my path crooked. In other words, every time I, I sense that I'm making headway, it's like God just stops it. God crushes it. Verse 10, like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. In other words, God, I've prayed for direction, God, but instead I just feel like you're destroying me. Verse 12, he drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. Man, I'm so struggling here. I'm so sad. I'm so depressed. It just literally feels like, God, you're hunting me. Verse 13, God pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. Man, I'm so down. This has driven me to self-doubt. I'm wondering, what's wrong with me? Do I even have what it takes? That's what Jeremiah is experiencing. Verse 16, God has broken my teeth with gravel. He's trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone. Say the word gone. My splendor is gone and all I had hoped from the Lord. His peace was gone. All that he had clung to and hoped from God, it, that was all gone. And so here was his summary. Verse 20, he said, what I just talked about, that's all I ever think about. And so I am depressed. What NIV says, I am downcast. So Jeremiah, he's in this dungeon. He's sunk up to his armpits in mud. He's overwhelmed with sadness, with sorrow in his life, and, and overwhelmed thinking about his future. He's depressed. And what does he do in this? He shares all this with God. You know, that's almost like a, a side note, but it does remind me, and I hope it reminds you, that you and I can be honest with God, that God can handle it. He's a big God. For you to be able to come before God and say, God, I'm so discouraged. God, I am so sad. God, I am depressed. God, I'm not okay right now. God, I'm overwhelmed. That's what Jeremiah does. He shares his feelings honestly with God. But then something interesting happens. Jeremiah then makes a turn. And in a book that is filled with utter despair, utter sadness and depression, we get this glimmer of hope. We get this glimmer of faith. And this glimmer is the answer to the spiritual aspect, the spiritual dimension of our overwhelming sadness or depression. Jeremiah is going to show you and I what it takes for us to, to overcome our sadness so that our sadness doesn't have to be in charge. It doesn't have to be the boss of us. So let's dive in and look at this together. Because Jeremiah starts off and says, listen, if you want to overcome your sadness, then call to mind the goodness of God. We start by calling to mind the goodness of God. We sang that song about the goodness of God uh, um, prior to me coming up. And he says in verse 21, he says this, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. And then he says this, for the Lord is good. Say the word good. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. 
See, there is a battle that's happening right now with every single one of us, and it's taking place in our mind. There's a battle for our minds. And Jeremiah says, in my mind, with all that I had thought about, verse 20, he says, all that I've been going through and thinking about, man, I'm depressed. Everything that was consumed in his mind that he was thinking about, he looked at his life and he was sad, he was sorrowful, he was depressed. But then Jeremiah makes a shift and he changes his thinking. He still dares to hope and to remember. Notice he said, I dare to hope when I remember this. And he said, the Lord is good to those who depend on him. Jeremiah says this, even though my heart doesn't feel it, in my mind, I recall the goodness of God. In my mind, I know that God is good. Jeremiah chapter three, verse 21 in the NIV says it this way. I call to mind his goodness. I call to mind his goodness. What goodness of God is it that you can call to mind right now and focus on? Maybe for some of you, it's, you know what? I know that God's word is truth. In a culture, in a society that is trying to turn us away from God, in a culture, in a society that wants to have nothing to do with God and tries to redefine truth, that we can turn to God and say, God, I know your word is truth. It is my waypoint. It's my reference point. It's my true north. God, that I know. Your word is good. Your word is truth. God, I can also know that you sent your one and only son to die for me, to die for me so that I don't have to. And God, I can recall your goodness. I call to mind the goodness of God in Jesus himself because in Jesus, I get to see God as one who is loving and kind and gracious and compassionate. In your sadness, what will you feed? In your sadness, what are you gonna focus on? Your faith or your feelings? What will you call to mind? Or to ask it another way, what are you gonna live by? You're gonna live by faith or you're gonna live by feelings? Feelings are very rarely the most reliable indicator of what is true, right? I mean, they're just not. Jeremiah says, I feel like God has forgotten me. I feel distant to God. But then Jeremiah says this, I feel all that, but God's word says something. God's word tells me that's not true. And I'm gonna to choose to believe in God right now, even though I can't feel it. I'm going to call to mind the goodness of God. And that's where we start. Next, Jeremiah says, if we're going to overcome our sadness, we want to look for the lessons that God is teaching us. Now, that doesn't mean God's torturing you until you learn a lesson. Okay, that's not what we're talking about here. But God can still teach us in our sadness and in our sorrow and in our depression. That there's still something that God would want us to learn. Let's look at Lamentations chapter 3, verse 26. Jeremiah says, it is good to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. And it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's commands. You and I typically want to limit the Lord's discipline to correction, don't we? We do something wrong and the Lord needs to discipline. He needs to correct us. But what if... What if we could see the Lord's discipline as a way that God is actually training us? What if we saw that as God is using this to bring us to be the person he wants us to be? The book of Hebrews tells us this, is that God disciplines those he loves. And, and it lets us know that, that if you're disciplined by God, that means you're his child. 
Discipline comes through adversity. And God is strengthening your character and my character and teaching us to trust him. What did he say? It is good to learn submission to God, even during the hard times. I hope you caught the phrase. Jeremiah kept saying it over and over in these couple verses. What did he say? It is good. It is good. It is good. Say it. It is good. Say it. It is good. One more time. It is good. Believe it or not, it is good because God often does his best work when we suffer. Even if we don't know why we're suffering. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, he said, my suffering was good for me. Man, have you ever said that? My suffering was good for me. Why? Because it taught me to pay attention, God, to your decrees. So sometimes God is going to use our sadness or our suffering because he wants to get our attention. Maybe we have an idol in our lives. Maybe there's some area of disobedience in our lives and God wants to use that and and you're in this place of sadness and sorrow and and you're overwhelmed and and God's using that because he says, I want you to pay attention to my will and to my way. My suffering was good for me. Sometimes God's gonna use our sadness and our suffering to, to humble us. I think about 2 Samuel chapter 16. It's a pretty fascinating past, uh, little story we have in there. King David had been falsely accused of something he didn't do. And he was on the run. And, and, and in the season of life, David was extremely sad. He was depressed. And then this, this one guy named Shimmy, uh, he, he comes up and he starts heckling David. And he's shouting at him and he's spitting at him. He's throwing stones at David and going after David. So one of David's mighty men is like, hey, yo, David, how about I go cut this guy's head off? Now, you got to understand, these guys were warriors. I was just like their only instinct, right? And David's like, no, 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 no. Keep his head on. It's all good. And David says, even though I don't deserve what I'm getting... I think God told him to do it just to humble me and to teach me. What is God teaching you in your sadness or suffering or pain or depression? Maybe, just maybe, God wants to use your sadness or your your suffering so you can relate to people in ways you never could prior to going through that sorrow or that sadness. A.W. Tozer and Oswald Chambers both said something similar. Chambers said it this way. He said, before God can use a man greatly, he must wound him deeply. See, God never wants to waste our hurt or pain. He wants to use it so he can use you to help others, to support others, to encourage others. We've had quite a few people in our church over the last year, 18 months or so, who've actually passed away. Some from COVID, but most just, it just has happened. And it's been extremely painful for some of you. You've been lonely and you've been hurting. You're sad, you're depressed. Olivia Stoker was one of those who came up to me recently and she wanted to share with me. She said, hey, I I think God, I'd really like to start a grief share program here at LifePoint. To which I was like, I was so excited about that because I thought, you know, that's something my mom went through when my dad passed. Their church provided grief share, this ministry, and, and, and it helps people who've gone through that. And, and it so impacted my mom that she ended up teaching, facilitating, and leading a grief share program for years after that. 
That God used her pain, her suffering, her sadness, her loss of joy, her depression. God used that so it could bless others. And so Olivia came up and I was, I was excited. I was like, let's see where God takes it. And then she came up to me last week and said, hey, I got another co-host here. They, they, they've lost their loved one and, and both of us would like to be involved. We've been hurt and we know God doesn't want to waste the hurt because we can relate to those who've lost somebody. We've gone through the same experiences. And so I'm excited about that and, and hopefully soon we'll, we'll launch a, a grief share program to be a ministry and a blessing to people here. What is God trying to show you in your suffering, in your sadness, in your depression? What is God's message for you? Look for it because whatever it is, God can and will use it if you will allow him to help others. Jeremiah goes on and says, overcoming sadness, that can happen if you will recognize that God's plans are ultimately for good and for blessing in our lives. No matter how much sadness or sorrow there is that you might be experiencing, remember that ultimately God is good and God does want to bless your life. Lamentations chapter three, verse 24, Jeremiah said, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Now, portion refers to your inheritance. And back then, uh, your inheritance would, of land would be passed down from generation to generation to generation. And Jeremiah is saying, I don't have any land left. The Babylonians took it all. My inheritance is gone. My portion is gone. gone. But God, you yourself are my portion. You are my portion. And you are better than land. So Jeremiah was saying, no matter what I'm feeling, I understand, I know God is a God of blessing. That God was the best part of his life. That God was his portion. God was in his inheritance. That he trusted that God had nothing but good for him. Even if he didn't see it that God wanted to bless him and that God was the best part of his life. What about you? Is God the best part of your life? God believed it. Uh, Jeremiah believed it. Jeremiah believed that no matter what he was going through, God's plans ultimately were for good and for blessing. And so finally, to overcome sadness, Jeremiah says, look for the goodness of God. Look for the goodness of God. Verse 22 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Are you sad? Overwhelmed with sorrow? Depressed? Are you one right now? You might be feeling like, man, things just aren't gonna get better. With my family, with my friends, maybe with my church, with my job. And if that's you, don't miss God's word for you today. God's mercies are new and fresh every morning, every day. So look for them. God's ready today to do a gracious work in your life. No matter what you've gone through, no matter how bad it has been for you, his mercies are brand new today, this morning, and then they will begin again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. So look out for them, watch for them, see the goodness of God each and every day. King David said it this way in Psalm 27. He said, I remain confident of this. I will see, not I saw, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, they're new every morning, they're there. So will you see it? 
Will you see the goodness of God? He's not just talking about recalling the goodness of God. See, that was where we started, right? You want to recall goodness, the goodness of God in the past? We want to do that. That's where we start. But it's not just that. It's also looking to the future. I will see. Say the phrase, I will. I will. I will see the goodness of God. And so when you're in those moments of despair, look. Look for the steadfast love and mercy of God. Spurgeon said it this way. He said, I find no better cure for my depression than to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to seek to realize afresh. There's the new mercies of God. Seek to realize afresh the power of the peace-speaking blood of Jesus and his infinite love in dying upon the cross to put away all my transgressions. This I call to mind. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you now, would you just hear our hearts? I wanna invite you right now before God to just get real with him like Jeremiah did. Is there an area or areas of your life where you're pretty sad? You're down in the dumps. You're depressed. I wanna invite you right now just to tell God that. Be honest, be real with him. I'm gonna be quiet for just a moment. Let him know. God, you're hearing us call out and cry out to you. We are, for some of us, God, we are down and downcast and depressed and sad. But God, we wanna turn that corner like Jeremiah. And so God, this we call to mind that you are good, that you are good and your mercies are new every morning. God, great is your faithfulness to us. And so God, I pray that you would help each one of us discover those new mercies. And God, for some of us, those new mercies are just having the awareness of maybe what those around us have known that you wanna use doctors and medical professionals to help us. Because we, even though we, there's a spiritual dimension to our suffering, God, we also know that there's other issues going on. So God, for those who need that new mercy of understanding today, give it to them. God, for those who need to press in more and more to remembering your goodness and then looking for your goodness, to change their, their perspective, God, would you help them to not focus on the laments, but to focus on life in Jesus. God, help each one of us to take the step of faith. And God, right now, we wanna focus on your goodness and we wanna do that very specifically as we turn to the cross. God, would you show us your love as we focus right now on what you asked us to do in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.